Welcome to the History Obscura Reading Room. I'm Mandy Gardner. Hasn't it been a bit of a gray day? I've been looking forward to my cup of tea and a story ever since I got out of bed and saw that the ghosts had set fire to the main floor kitchen again. <sighs> if only they could just figure out how to use the toaster. Cleaning up poltergeist activity is exhausting and often rather sticky, if you catch my meaning. And to make things all that much more frustrating, the mailman hasn't returned since the Lycoi took a bite out of him last Tuesday. There are really some things I need to talk to him about before... the first week of May? Ah, uh, well. Let's get to tonight's story. Once upon a time... About 1,000 years ago in China, to be a little more precise, a Buddhist monk named Zhang Liu Quan decided it was time for his current human life to come to an end. Liu Kan, like his fellow Buddhists, believed that his spirit was merely inhabiting its body temporarily, and he was confident that after the death of that body, his soul would be reborn in a new host. Such is the way of the Buddhists, and has been for 2,500 years. If any individual Buddhist learns all that can possibly be taught through this continuous cycle of reincarnation, then that person is said to have reached enlightenment, also called Nirvana, Bodhi, or Satari in other Buddhist sects. To die after reaching enlightenment, means to have one's soul merge with the higher consciousness of the universe, or something like that, and therefore no longer be born into physical life. Now, I don't know why exactly Liu Kan decided it was time for his life to come to an end. Perhaps he was ill, or it simply felt like his time. It is more likely, however, that the monk had made the decision as long beforehand as a decade, and spent that time preparing his body for the purpose of becoming a living Buddha. Liu Kan was a member of the Chinese meditation school during an era in which it was not uncommon for religious monks in China, Japan, and other parts of Asia to perform religious suicide. To Buddhists, this type of death was often connected with the practice of extreme asceticism. Many of China's Zen Buddhists, like Liu Quan, believed that one should use as few resources as possible to survive, such as food, drink, clothing, and shelter. When practiced to its utmost extreme, Buddhist asceticism led to slow starvation and early death by which these monks felt they had performed their duty as intellectual beings that are part of a great universal whole. Mummies created through this special process, such as Liu Quan, are called Soku Shinbutsu. To begin the process of becoming a Soku Shinbutsu, Liu Quan would have changed his diet significantly, giving up rice, soybeans, and wheat in favor of nuts, berries, tree bark, and pine needles. This was called the wood diet, designed to be pure and natural, as well as free of fat. 
It also helped reduce moisture in the body, which, together with fat, causes decay in dead flesh. His sparse diet was slowly restricted further and further, with additions of salt, herbs, sesame seeds, and other such ingredients that resisted bacterial growth and caused the body to dry out. To drink, the monk ingested urushi tea, made from the tree sap that was normally used to create lacquer. This was poisonous enough to ensure that flies and other insects who feasted on decay would leave Lu Quan's body alone once his soul had departed. The internal lacquer, furthermore, would act as a kind of embalming fluid. So, Liu Quan meditated and ate his wood diet and drank his tea for several years until finally, it was time for the final phase of his transformation. He stopped eating altogether and entered a small underground chamber alone. There, the monk placed himself in that well-practiced lotus position, legs crossed and hands resting comfortably on top of them. He began to chant his mantra, while his fellows poured salt down upon him from a hole in the top of the chamber. When the salt reached Liu Quan's head, he was given a bamboo straw to use as a breathing tube before being completely buried in the rest of the salt. There he remained, only breathing and ringing a bell regularly to let his brothers know he was still alive. When the ringing was heard no longer, the bamboo straw was removed. Liu Quan was dead. Three years after the death of his earthly body, Liu Quan was unburied by members of the Chinese meditation school. Though self-mummification was rather hit and miss, those Buddhist monks found that their brother's body had indeed been preserved very well. Liu Quan sat quite still in lotus position, appearing still to be peacefully meditating. In fact, according to many practicing Buddhists, Liu Quan was still in the deepest meditative state, ruminating on his mantra. His body was placed within the temple, where it was treated with the utmost respect and veneration by generations of Buddhist monks and nuns, some of whom endeavored to take their own path to Sokushinbutsu. Now, let's flip a few pages ahead in the story, shall we? It's 2015, and many ancient items from China are very much in vogue in the world of arts and collections. Collectors travel thousands of miles to find objects of interest, and some of them specialize in Buddhist art and relics. As you can imagine, these transactions are not always what you might consider legal. For example, a Buddha statue that once graced a Chinese temple eventually found its way to Holland, where the new owner gleefully brought it to experts to be properly cleaned and polished to a shine. Those experts decided to run a full x-ray scan on the statue to learn more about it, and the images were shocking. Underneath the statue's golden surface was a complete set of human bones. Further exploration using a CT scan revealed that the human within the statue 
had had its organs removed at some point after his death, and replaced with paper and fabric containing myriad Chinese symbols. The mummy was sitting on a bundle of cloth covered in inscriptions, identifying it as none other than the devout Buddhist monk Zhang Liuquan. Researchers working on the mummy supposed that Liuquan was displayed in a Chinese temple for as long as two centuries before he was covered in clay and gold and transformed into a glistening perfect statue sometime in the 14th century. For now, the part of the story where Liuquan left China and became a hot item on the European antiquities market is still buried somewhere among all the other stories in the History Obscura reading room. But don't worry, friends. I'm sure it will make itself known if we just give it a little more time. You may be interested to know that China's Yangchun village has claimed ownership of Liu Quan and began a lawsuit against a Dutch antique dealer alleged to have stolen the mummy some 25 years ago. Following a world tour in 2015, Zhang Liu Quan's whereabouts are currently unknown. I wonder if he ever planned to travel. I wonder in what fine secret collection he now resides. Hmm. If you ask me, Zhang Luiquan got lucky. He received a trip to Europe, whereas so many of his counterparts from ancient Egypt just got burned in the fireplaces of those ridiculous English aristocrats during the Victorian era. Perhaps it has something to do with their religious beliefs. Let us meditate on that, shall we? Have an excellent evening. Don't forget to finish your tea. Good night. Thank you.